0: Okay, afternoon, everyone. Let me get myself in my frame. How we doing? It's Friday. And on Friday shows, usually, I get stuck into something, especially when I'm solo, I try to get into something a bit spicier, just because everyone's then got the weekend to cool off. Uh, that's usually what happens. And so I've had something on a Friday list for a while, which is an analogy that I sometimes use to compare politics to rehab, rehab to politics, um, and sort of talk through that a little bit, maybe bait a bit of conversation from you guys as to what your take is on that. Often, you know, they, they say don't talk about politics and religion, that's a very British thing to do. Uh, but no stone unturned and I uh, typically don't shy away from uh, any topic and I'm pretty open book with regards to sharing my opinions on various things. Oh thank you very much. Now this is certainly required. Uh, I'm going to caffeinate myself, spice myself up for this for this session if you haven't had these before here's a product placement for you double shot espresso with a bit of milk in a can from starbucks thank you not sponsored it should be that would be nice wouldn't it we could do a good bit of product placement there but yeah we're going to talk about why what did i put in the titles like rehab and politics i've got this analogy that i'm going to use but also it explains a little bit about why i hate extremes of any uh ideology be that clinically or politically um why i find that to be frustrating and a, and a an issue with logic um so i'm back on my after a day off yesterday haven't forgotten left it at home i'm back on my little 4g router that i've been using to try and stabilize the signal and the sound for this please let me know if you're tuning in live as, as people are joining in the first few minutes as you're tuning in live drop me a comment to let me know uh, that you're listening that you can hear okay but just because can, occasionally signal has been a bit glitchy but hopefully on this router it's been pretty stable also if you're tuning in to and the physio and therapist support group of which we cast in episodes that i think would be of interest to that group that have come up before i sometimes cast into there with Gemma's permission but unfortunately if you comment from there it sometimes comes up as being facebook user rather than your name and i can't always work out who's going where and especially comments in series i sometimes lose you but we have now got a way in which we can we can get you to grant permission to to for me to to bring your name and face up etc so Um, generally speaking, we definitely want to be doing that. Now, tell you what's interesting, (laughs) this is great, right? So Meekins, this is an in-joke that's just happened. So I was just, whilst I was prepping this show, I was listening to Ben and Adam on the Better Clinician Project. Check them out if you don't already know about their work, because that's brilliant. But they, I couldn't believe it, they're on a live stream talking about pelvic tilt of all things, and then they out to prominent researchers as being in a relationship which i thought was pretty scandalous and so uh, i said i'd chew it over but it won't be the primary topic uh, until we're done for slander and i need to, to keep my mouth shut of course i'm joking uh, <laughs> that didn't happen as i'm describing it but that's kind of how they fluff their lines on that on that topic so they ended up making that mistake which was fun it was fun for me to be the heckler sometimes i'm usually being heckled but anyway um talking to contentious topics we're going to be talking about politics. Um, and not necessarily, you know, those that know me know that I'm far from party political, <laughs> mainly because there's nothing that I'd be proud enough of um to to champion there. But certainly I'm fairly political based. A few guests have mentioned that before. And also it's something that I think is a useful. You know, I think it's of interest. It certainly influences um, influences a lot of the things that I'm bothered about, healthcare, education and policy that underpins good healthcare, good education. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm into that. But what I'm getting at, let me spit it out. Um, it sounds like uh, things are coming through loud and clear as far as I can tell. And so let me spit out what this core analogy is. Right. And it's imperfect. All analogies are imperfect, but just indulge me this metaphor. Right in rehab it's a fairly classic thing that historically based on what is sort of an unfair stereotype of, of, of old school nursing is that when someone's sick and needs caring for then you will literally passively move them so if let's use this patient in a chair right so if there's a patient in a chair and historically the caring thing to do was seem to be to think they're poorly they need my help i'm here to care for them and therefore I'll do all the things with them including lifting them from said chair when they need to go into another chair into a wheelchair into bed etc there's a literal act of passively moving them as a caring thing to do as I hope that they get better and no doubt get back on their feet but fundamentally it's this idea that this patient in a chair is to be then cared for And we kind of then learned a lesson that fundamentally that can disable people, okay, when it sort of makes sense. And therapists sort of rarely rarely think like this. And as I say, kind of one of the things that's been seen to motivate therapy growing uh, out of various different professions is that essentially you're then getting this rehab model, which means that you're not going to then passive, you're not going to be passively lifting them out of there, right? Now, that's the extreme sort of... um, caring supposedly caring thing to do to then just just disable that person by doing something for them and then essentially the same person patient in the chair um instead of instead of lifting them from it you then you then basically then pressurizing them to say "I'm, i'm taking your chair away right I'm, 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 you know, the the extreme version of instead of lifting them from the chair, if you need to, you just bundle them out of the chair because I need the chair for something else, right? It's the kind of like stereotypical, uncaring thing to do for a vulnerable person who needs, who needs said chair that's that's unwell. So that's sort of the extremes across where rehab doesn't sit in either of those things. Neither of those are rehab, right? The middle ground would be to train someone to be able to lift themselves and care out of said chair, right? Now, what am I suggesting that there's sort of a political analogy there is that fundamentally I think that there are certain ideologies within the political spectrum that sometimes can then make those similar mistakes at its extreme. And so the core analogy plays as being that it's intuitively caring to some extent to then lift someone from a chair and put them into bed on a superficial level because you're just trying to be compassionate. But fundamentally, might you disable them by by taking away incentive? That is a sort of stereotypical left wing perspective of many things in which it's sort of seen as being raw compassion to just do more for others and give more to others. Now, as the other extreme was in this instance, you could suggest you you know you're in a you're in a right wing perspective in order to say if you can just motivate someone by externalities to know that that chair is going to be removed, then maybe that will motivate better behaviour. Now neither of those things are smart, both on the rehab level and I would argue on the political level. Right, done too far on macro. So obviously the context on each individual case is where it's interesting. And in the title sequence I did put that. I dine a la carte on various different things here, right? I'm someone that's a case-by-case basis on on all things. And so you find me dotted across the spectrum in various things clinically and policy and politically, right? And so that core analogy, it's not perfect, but that's one of the things that I use as an example sometimes that seems to be a proxy for my clinical interests. And I think that done too far... That's one of the things that goes awry in clinical practice where people intuit that that's a caring thing to do. Let's just do these things because it might make it feel better. But fundamentally, if you're not going to help them create and, and get the capacity to have the skills to rehabilitate themselves and be more empowered, then what are you doing? Right. You, you're just placating them. It's palliative care but at the other extreme if you're not going to then be able to be appropriately compassionate to their understanding and circumstance in which they kind of need you to get going so facilitating that standing from a chair if they can't quite do it that's more caring thing than simply just pointing at the saying i'm taking your chair away if you don't sort your shit out we know that that's a, a ridiculous cartoonish example but it's something that can sometimes exist when people sometimes especially you're over empiricists or sometimes then think that is a smart move right they'll think there's no evidence to suggest that you know and they'll they'll, they'll suggest that a, that a sensible pragmatic approach that's certainly well considered in a various from various different levels of um analysis and evidence that because it's not in the nice guidance i can't help someone from their chair right you know to to if they can't do squats then i help them uh, do sit to stands right it's it's sort of a bit of a nonsense that can sometimes occur in certain wings of it on the clinical level now if you again imagining and you know, mapping this on to political examples is if this raw compassion sometimes means that people feel like it's an intuitively caring thing to do to just give more to people to um, do more with it for people. And there are certainly circumstances of which we, could, we need to as a society. It's the right and th- caring thing to do. But on, on broadly, when someone's of an ideological bent, that that's just their gut instinct all the time. Right. Their heart is just bleeding. They're intuiting that that's somehow caring or compassionate. when fundamentally, it's something that could easily disable people it could do it could take away their incentives to behave in certain ways now done too far that that logic means that you therefore need to keep someone under pressure and, and impoverished etc in order to, to motivate better behavior that's a nonsense too but generally speaking we're talking in spectrums now in caricatures now one of the things worth mentioning is that when it comes to politics you do you do have when people try to perceive a left right spectrum of which is increasingly redundant these days i admit but in ideological terms and talking about, especially on the history of politics, it's really valuable to understand it that way. and. There are sort of two lines, really. You you have the economic left-right spectrum of which it's distribution of wealth. You've got socialism and capitalism, classically, uh, uh, balancing themselves out on different ends of that spectrum, left being socialism, of course, and sort of a libertarian-esque individualized capitalism being the far extreme of what would be a right-wing there. But then you also have this social left and right, which often overlaps, but generally social left and right, being that you've got sort of a... um, uh blank slate communist style of of perception that everything is socially constructed and then you've got a far right of which they often agree in in principle that things should be delineated that way but essentially it's a deeply bigoted uh, and sort of corrupted with with racism and all the other things A far right in a social sense is certainly something that we're not this this analogy plays less on now the analogy if you wanted me to place it onto this chair thing that i'm on about right is that you've got then a suggestion that um if someone sat in a chair uh, ill and disabled the far the, the social far left would probably be suggesting that the, essentially you should be you should be at work uh, on behalf of the state and if you don't get out of that chair i'll send you to the gulag right that if you know your political history that would be an extreme version of my analogy played out on social leftism Now, on the far right, they'd be saying that it depend on your race and creed and behavior as to whether or not they'd let you stay in the chair or not, right? That's the sort of bigotry that exists on the social right. Now, of course, therefore, my analogy only plays, and even only then narrowly, it plays to what would be um, the economic side of it, really, economic left and right, and obviously not at the extremes. So we're talking about this idea in which um, the sort of left-wing analogy I'm describing is that you might err towards helping them out of the chair or lifting them from the chair without participation, done too far, and then the right would be trying to then motivate someone to get out of the chair by inferring that that chair might be taken away from them. At the extreme of that economic right-wing perspective is that I'm going to start charging you for that chair and I'm going to put the price up enough for you to then inspire and motivate your behaviour to get out of that chair, right? I hope you're all following me. I turned the chat off for, for these sorts of monologues because I don't distract myself. And even then I might have been losing you. So I'm I'm gonna bravely in a few minutes, turn the chat back on. What I wanna ask you if you are watching live is am I making make it any sense whatsoever. Do you think that's an unfair analogy? Cause it's certainly imperfect. You, if you don't see where I'm coming from, obviously feel free to fire some questions and I'll, I'll, I'll clear that up. And, and this might spur on future conversations in this direction. But what I was getting at in the title sequence to bring it home is that it's, it's because of the rigidity of ideology or people being wedded to particular modalities clinically or ideologies politically, is that in a specific context, it may well be that that is a totally appropriate application of logic to use in a certain circumstance when you have all the cards on the table, when you understand the circumstance one of the things that really pisses me off clinically and politically is that people are using their favorite thing be that modality or ideology or it could play across both right style and they just play that across the board right that's the lens of which they see the world and so everything gets colored with that when it's not appropriate and if you are therefore completely you know you, you're not equipping yourself with the appropriate toolkit intellectual toolkit truly understand it to see the world through different people's eyes and so we see these massive divisions that get stoked across various different things and again that could be clinically across msk stuff that i talk about or even politically is that your failure of empathy to see the world through different people's eyes as best you can and put yourself in their shoes whatever analogy we want to use that for me is really irritating so one of the things that i describe, you know politically you could argue i'm at the base level i'm a conversational liberal right Regardless of where I end up, I want to get all the cards on the table. Everything should be discussed. Everyone should be able to have these conversations to try and understand and see eye to eye, agree to disagree, but basically find out where they stand on stuff. That's what I do across MSK practice, across education about raising standards in healthcare. But it's also how I feel politically. The thing that pisses me off most is when people try to shut down corners of conversation. So that can't be talked about usually it's because they're on a flimsy basis right they've not got the depth of thought in that direction and often that coincides with people who are ideologically possessed of one flavor or another right they see the world a certain way and it's just how dare you not lift that disabled person out of the chair that patient out of the chair right how dare you not do that or how dare you be helping that person out of a chair you're going to demotivate them and their behaviors you should be backing off you should be less involved right and they're just trying to shame someone who's got a different perspective away from the conversation so they can't think for themselves and so these entrenching of ideological camps bothers me and that bothers me clinically and it bothers me politically i think there's an analogy there that can carry through the middle and i hope that I've not completely lost you, uh, but if I have, knowing me, I'll probably try and explain it three different ways in another shot. But anyway, let me open the uh, open the chat box. Open see if any of you have uh, have got um, got stuck in here. Um, oh, I mean, this this is exactly the pun that I need in my life. Alistair Beverley said, "Intuitive, yes." Any use of the word chew in puns is obviously celebrated on this show and beyond. Much appreciated, Alistair. I didn't mean to use it, but thank you. Um then I've got someone on someone on Twitter. I'm always brave with this because when you cast onto Periscope and stuff, big government extremists we've got will get what's coming to them and commies never prosper. Right. Thank you. APM. On uh, on on Periscope for that insight, <laughs> brilliant. James Morgan, thanks, James. Glad to, glad you're tuning in. Let's have a look. Let's try and bring his comment up. Got a clinical example of it playing across the board in MSK. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um. So imagine. So my patient in the chair example probably doesn't apply as well. You know, it's obviously an inpatient example, probably more or a community. MSK. So someone's got you've know, got um. 50-year-old, 55-year-old 50, person uh, with uh, chronic knee pain, who then we assess it, and it sort of ticks all the boxes, especially because it's a case study example, whereby fundamentally that person has OA knee, right, it seems to be barn door, OA knee, and they've not had any care before, and their perceptions of it is that it's wearing out, and they need to rest, and therefore they've been um, doing, doing less and less, getting weaker and weaker, getting stiffer and more painful, and so they're here in clinic, and so I would argue that on the if we're if we're using my analogy spectrum then you'd suggest the left wing a take on that taken too far would be that you're in so much pain let's do all that i can in a you know i'm so I'm, I'm my heart is bleeding for you you're clearly suffering i'm going to then massage around the area i'm going to inject it with whatever i can inject it with i'm going to basically do whatever palliative pain relieving conditions i can do passively with it and then once you're feeling better then let's hope you start moving gently um, and and that fundamentally it's that placating it and wrapping it in as much as we can um, pain relief, et cetera. That would be the extreme of that. And then on the other side of it, then you've assessed the same person. You've come to the same conclusion of it being a fairly stereotypical O.A. knee. And then you are cracking the whip. You're basically then saying, right, we need to get you going. We need to get you moving, grit your teeth and grimace and fight it. And simply like there's no pain, no gain. You know you you've got to just get yourself stronger get fitter get moving more um and that they are not necessarily recognizing that that person would then you know have all the disruption that would occur from that let's like, say they did comply but you're going to be you know disrupted sleep etc massive swelling it's just been doing too much right so that's my that's my um sort of uh, example there james i hope that plays onto msk a little bit more closely than the person in the chair is that you've then got taken too far, you've got what seems to be both, both people think that they're being appropriately compassionate. But one side is, is then inferring that it's actually the caring thing to do to just make people's pain feel better, regardless of the fact that that's not then engaging them actively in something that would get long term change. And the other side is inferring that you will get long term change by making people that go under go put themselves through significant discomfort in order to rise through the other side of it and now we know contexts in which each of those circumstances is more appropriate both in MSK terms and in society right is that sometimes when people are, are down at their lower step then sometimes they need more input and intervention in order to help them through. And then there's other times where things are less sensitive, less irritable, and someone's in a circumstance where doing the sort of Mr. or Mrs. Motivator card can rise someone up, and that applies in society too. Sometimes we do need to pull our socks up, but it's when people are playing a game whereby they are seeing the world through one or the other of those lenses all the time, regardless of their individual circumstances, individual context, all of the factors that came before in each of these people's lives, it's complex. And so why on earth are people then trying to infer that these things could be simplified like that and therefore just be coincidentally in keeping with their worldview, their ideology, be that clinically or politically? So, James, great question. I hope I've managed to give a, an MSK example there that, that plays up. Now, Leanne, my good friend and uh, co-host on Tune It Over, she had her first show this week. I've just been penning some feedback for her. What a brilliant show it was as well. I was worried about this, right? Leanne did a show on Tuesday with a lady called Arnie, and I thought this would happen. Now I just want to talk to Leanne and Arnie, so uh, it's just going to grow more episodes. But anyway, Leanne said, we show up the same in many areas of our lives. Your ability as Jack to be a conversational liberal, liberalist is more than likely across the board, politics and healthcare. Well, that's the thing, Leon, certainly on the conversational side. Like for me, what I mean by that is definitely that I wanna weigh up all the options, right? I'm, the, I'm forever using the analogy, get all the cards on the table, right? Or all the jigsaw pieces. Like I wanna try and put this together and, and sometimes my biggest frustration and the reason why I fall out with folk on any level really is mainly because they're trying to stifle that pursuit of truth that comes from knowing all the shit And so we need to try and do that. And so, yeah, thanks, Leanne, for for joining in the comments. And thank you for hosting such a brilliant show on Tuesday. If those haven't checked it out, then please do find that episode. It was it was a brilliant one. And Leanne's going to be joining second Tuesday of each month uh, as the host of uh, the guest host of Tune It Over, which is brilliant. I've got Facebook user which tells me that it's coming from the private Facebook group, but I've got a work around to try and make sure we can work out who's who on this, but apologies. Absolutism is problematic clinically and politically. I don't see how a clinician with no awareness of their own bias can offer genuine patient-centered care. Completely agree. I'm sorry. I don't know who, who that is. Um, and I've like I say, I've got a few things I need to do to try and um, make that work, but we can hopefully get, uh, a link to you all that can then give you permissions to share who your name is when you do that. Another Facebook user, oh, it might have been the same one, this is the problem with that, has said, as a student I did three MSK placements. One first was Maitland, second Cyriax, my brain was pickled. The third, my tutor described herself as Heinz 57 Physio. Lots of different things to do, what worked for patients, it really stuck with me now i hope in that instance um that said whoever this uh, this facebook user is again sorry that it doesn't come up with your name on here i hope that that third one was preferable um and uh, that's my bias showing um that's the sort of thing is if you try and see the world through a maitland lens obviously maitland classically in manual therapy terms is sort of concave convex rules grade one to five um pressure and mobilization and trying to uh, mechanically change people through through manual therapy and what we you know to give Greg Maitland uh, some credit of course back then we just didn't realize that there was physics based implausibility in what we were suggesting we could do with our bare hands so James Syriacs an American uh, physiotherapist I think or a surgeon or someone that got into MSK then had sort of a similar but but adjacent take on things whereby again it was sort of correcting faults in people's biomechanics and then, yeah, we need to take bits of those things. Like most clinic days, I'm doing some form of, of what would be considered a Maitland mobilization, at least in assessment, right? Um, Syriacs, less so. I'm trying to think what I do that might be Syriacs. Like. But you've kind of got this. You, this is the thing. I think you should dine a la carte. That's what I would argue. Uh, clinically, we need to try and take what is good. Uh, Rob Taylor uses a Bruce Lee quote, which is brilliant for this, and I, I don't want to risk butchering it. But Bruce Lee had said that you, you sort of take uh, take what is good and discard uh, what is no good, um, and and that was something that uh, really stuck with me. Clearly, not enough for me to remember the quote, but essentially that that this uh, this person that's uh, that's then said there, that is a process that I think is just smart and more patient centred, because I don't think there's a modality or a style of practice. That is conclusively superior. I think there is a hierarchy. I'm not suggesting it's all the same, but I'm just meaning that generally we should be taking bits from each and we should be learning across sectors and speak to your neuro and respiratory colleagues, especially these days, you know, in this COVID area, like hilarious if there's any MSK professionals that are rehabbing people and not bearing in mind the respiratory variables, especially if someone's had COVID. Uh, even recently or what have you, you know thinking multi system in advanced practice we should be thinking across that across um different spectrum speaking to your osteopath colleagues your sports rehab colleagues etc it just it drives me crazy that people would devote themselves too narrowly now that's not because they can't specialize there you know I admit that I have a, a broad interest rather than a really specific interest but when it comes to clinical MSK stuff. If you're seeing a general caseload, I would argue that you need to be trying to get across the board and not not pigeonhole yourself because you'll restrict yourself and you restrict the outcomes you're going to be able to achieve uh, because the patient's um are going to be frustrated by that. Now, of course, on this show, I'm talking about the political analogy that comes from that is that I would say that you should dine a la carte too and not devote yourself to ideology or heuristic and instead try to understand, right, what are all the facts of the matter as we can understand them? What are the objective and subjective variables that surround each given case? If if um, someone presents me with their opinion on, on um, green issues and climate change, I wish I couldn't guess with significant accuracy their opinion on border policy right that's irritating it is massively irritating for me because whilst I can understand that of course two people can hold views that are consistent with an ideological position on that the fact that they so consistently do is something that is because they've on an issue by issue basis they've not necessarily got much of a thought across those two issues they've just got trusted or they have followed a demagogue that sort of suggested a certain thing, or they're in line with a particular political party in which it's just, I don't know what our policy is on this, rather than, what is your reason for supporting a certain thing and not another, right? I should not be able to guess across those two things as easily as I can. And it's something I play that game a lot, especially when I meet new people. This is how fun I am in a pub when they were open, is if someone does, you know, someone, I try to then predict their views across from those two issues And the accuracy irritates me. Like, why should it? Of course, they're linked in some ways. And ideologically, they certainly are. But I'm just meaning that, unfortunately, ideological reasoning is somewhat distinct sometimes from logical reasoning, or the ability for people to hear out all the arguments. Like, what's the strongest case against your position there? Like, what have you truly grappled with? And if I can give someone pause for thought, be that in MSK or in politics, within five minutes, then they're not a serious thinker. Now, I'm not saying I hold everyone to those standards to need to you know, always be thinking as deeply about this as me as a saddo that I am. But I am meaning that when people have got a deep level of conviction over a certain topic and they're deciding to preach about it or they're deciding to, um, what, did I, what did I say before, whereby they sort of, um, they're holding that in such a way that they're dismissing any opposition to their position on it, yet a basic few minutes saying, what about this then? Even just as devil's advocate, as you guys know I do, is up for a living. That really is, that is annoying. If you've got a deep conviction and you're closing off any other proposing argument, regardless of what your position or argument is, then to me that's totally flimsy. And I'm not into that. And I'm not into it clinically, and I'll admit I'm not into it politically, partly because and my little analogy that I've used. Thank you so much for those of you that have engaged with me on the live chat. I uh, hope you can get hope I can get some feedback and some comments uh, about this show for those that listen after the fact on their commutes and etc. It's been a really great week for shows um, so please do check those back out over the weekend and I'll be back on Monday for more Chewing It Over. Uh, any other requests for who I have on as guests or if anyone wants to put the hand up, throw the hat in the ring you really can come over onto this show and chew over whatever it is you like. I've been Jack Chew and it's been chewing. It over. It's been a fantastic time that I've had with you all. Appreciate you, and I'll speak to you all soon.